Now, the reason why we're doing this sermon series, uh, the Faith Honours List, is to fuel us to keep going. Because we need to recognise that the Christian life is like a marathon, not a sprint. I watched a documentary recently called Breaking Two. It's a really good documentary about uh, some marathon runners who were got together by this team of experts to see if someone could break the two-hour mark for a marathon. Well, I'm not going to give away how that ended. You can watch it. It's a really good documentary to watch. One of the runners was an expert in half marathons, and they thought, well, he's so good at that, maybe he could keep going and keep going really quickly and do the whole marathon. But what they found was he couldn't keep going. He was fantastic over half a marathon, but couldn't do a whole marathon. And they realised the problem was he wasn't drinking. He decided it would take up too much time, so he wouldn't drink anything. And that was okay over a, a half marathon distance, but when it came to a whole marathon, he'd give up. Well, for us, in the Christian life, we don't want to give up halfway through. We want to keep going right to the end. And so what is it that we need? Well, uh, this is where Hebrews 11 and 12 comes in. Because the people that the writer to the Hebrews was, was writing to were in just this position. They were tempted to give up. We see in Hebrews 10, if you've got it open, have a look at verse 32. It says, remember those earlier days after you'd received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. Other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. See, the writer's saying, remember back? You were so passionate, so excited at the beginning of your faith, and you endured so much suffering. But now, verse 35, he says, So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you'll receive what he has promised. He says, you've got to keep going. Don't, don't just stop. Don't give up. Yes, you've been, been great in the past, but, but what about now? Keep going. You've got to keep going through to the end. And chapter 11 and the list of the heroes of faith is to be a drinking stop. It's to be a, a, a food break to fuel us to keep going. And so we're going to look at this chapter over the next few weeks to see these heroes of faith. And I pray that it will inspire us all to keep going. So now Henneke is going to read for us chapter 11, verses 1 to 7. Good morning, everyone at Emmanuel. It's great to be with you once again. Thank you so much for all your continuing support, your real generosity to me and your interest in the Hefzibah Project. Today's reading is from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 to 7, and I'm reading from the New International Version. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life 
so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray, please, that you would teach us as we come to this passage and help us through this to come to faith and to keep going in faith uh, and to persevere following the example of these heroes of old. Amen. Now, I just want you to see the structure of what's going on in uh, this passage. Uh, what the writer does is, at the beginning, verses 1 and 2, we get the kind of headlines. This is the, the, the main sort of teaching points. And then he gives examples as you go through. So if you've got the passage open in front of you, you'll see verse 3 starts, by faith we. Uh, then verse 4, by faith Abel. And then verse 5, Enoch. Verse 7, Noah. And so you've got these examples that come after, but they're all um, teaching more and giving examples of what's going on in verses 1 and 2. So that's how we're going to approach this. We're going to see uh, a teaching point from verse 1, and then we'll see the examples further down, and then come back to another teaching point, which will be in verse 2, and then see the examples going down. You'll see as, as we go along. So, uh, what are these teaching points? Well, there are two of them. Uh, uh, they're going to be about what faith is, and why you need faith. What faith is and why you need it. So the first point is, uh, what is faith? And we see faith is about not yet and not seen. Okay, so let's see this in uh, the verse. So verse 1, it says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Do you see that? It's, it's, about, it's about the not yet, it's about what we hope for, that's future, uh, and it's about what we don't see, being certain of what we do not see. So he's saying this is the nature of faith. Faith is about, about things you don't yet have and things you can't see, and trusting in them, being sure of them. Now that doesn't open the door to anything. I mean, you, you could say, well, there's a whole load of things that I can't see and a whole load of things for the future that I might hope for. I mean, I might hope for you know, a house in the Bahamas, but uh, uh, I, I don't have that yet. Maybe I should trust that that's what I'll get. No, no, that, that's not the way it is. There's got to be content to this faith. Yeah, because what the writer is doing here, he's not giving an exhaustive definition of faith. He's saying, no, no, he's just giving part of the nature of faith. It's a bit like if I were to say to you, uh, dogs, you know, dogs, they, they have four legs. We go, yeah, that's true, but there's a whole load more that you could say about dogs, and there are probably other things that have four legs as well. Yeah, no, it's true of dogs, but there's more you could say. Well, faith, there's more that you could say about it, but this is certainly true of it, that it's about what you don't yet have and what you can't see. Well, we need to get into the examples about it. And there are two examples in what follows. It's the first one and the fourth one, actually. So it, it, it's about creation. 
in verse 3 and then further down about Noah. So let's go to the first of the examples. In verse 3 it's about creation. So have a look at what he says about creation. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. See, to begin with, he doesn't go to one of the heroes of faith, he goes to us. He says, by faith we understand. He's taking us right back to the beginning of the Bible, to creation. He's saying, we understand God made everything. And this is a, a, a core content of what we do believe. It's right there at the beginning of the Apostles' Creed, isn't it? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of the heavens and the earth. It's a core thing, isn't it? To say, we believe this universe doesn't, doesn't just accidentally come into being, but that God made it. Or others will believe other things about the origins of the universe. They'll say that it, it just sort of happened. That there are a whole load of amazing coincidences that had to happen. I looked on the, the BBC website, um, uh, on the science pages, about the origins of the universe. And they kind of paint this picture of a whole load of, uh, of incredible coincidences that needed to happen in order for life to be there. And they said, well, in order for this to be the case, uh, the, the models that we have are that, are that there were almost an infinite number of universes, and this just happens to be the one we're in. Now, be aware, that's a faith. Uh, that, that's a faith, isn't it? it? It's sort of saying something about the unseen. After all, you say to them, well, did you go back there? Were you there? Did you see it? No, of course not. It's unseen. And they're saying, but th th this is what we believe happened. Except they don't quite use that language. But of course, to believe that this all just happened, that it just happened by chance, by accident, it's a bit like um, uh, believing that there's an explosion in a paint factory and out comes the Mona Lisa or, or that a whirlwind goes through a, um, a scrap metal yard and, and you end up with a fully working aeroplane. I mean, it, it's just so unlikely. You look at the universe around us and it doesn't look like it just came about by a series of incredible accidents. No, we believe God made it, that he spoke and it happened. And that means that there is intention behind the universe. If you believe it all just came about by a whole load of coincidences, by a load of chance, then there's nothing directing the universe. There's nothing personal about it. And there's no particular purpose to you or your life. But if God is the creator, and we believe he is, then there's purpose to it all. There's purpose to you and your life. There's a creator, a creator God. And he made it all by his word. But this is in the realms of the unseen, isn't it? We weren't there either. We didn't see it. But we believe that God created everything and he made it all out of what was not visible, out of unseen. He, he, he made the scene not from what was visible. And so that's the first bit of the kind of unseen. We believe this. The second example is of Noah. Noah's the second example that we've got of faith and the, the nature of faith being about the not yet and the not seen. Uh, just have a look down, verse 7. It says, By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. 
Well, for Noah, you've got to go back to Genesis chapter 6. Now, I'd encourage you to go back and have a read of those chapters. What does Hebrews bring out? It says, well, Noah, he was warned about things not yet seen. What was Noah warned about? He was warned that there was going to be a flood, uh, that he was going to get very wet, and that he was going to need to build an enormous boat. And you can imagine that uh, uh, Noah's neighbours would probably have thought that he was going crackers. After all, this wasn't a project that he could just do in his garden shed. This was a huge boat. And they were nowhere near any water. Imagine his neighbours saying, Noah, what are you doing? And say, well, I'm building a big boat. Oh, you're building a boat, are you? Yeah, well, why, why are you building a boat, Noah? Well, because it, it's going to get wet. Oh, yeah. Well, who told you that? God did. He said there's going to be a big flood. Okay, Noah. I think we need to keep an eye on Noah. But God kept his word. And the waters came, the flood came, and Noah and his family were safe in the ark, but the world was condemned. Noah, you see, trusted God for what was not yet, because God promised it. Now, there's much in our faith which is unseen and not yet. If you look at the Apostles' Creed, just go through that, uh, they're all biblical truths, and most of them are unseen. They're things we haven't seen. I mean, yeah, the lines about the church, yeah, we can see the church around us, but there's a whole load that, that is unseen, things from the past that you and I didn't see, and there's a whole load from the future where we go, well, they're not yet, and we can't see them yet, like Jesus coming to judge the world or the resurrection of the dead. There's lots that we do experience now as Christians, but there's a whole load that is unseen and not yet. And we can be impatient on that. We can think, no, we want these things now. But actually God says, trust me. Trust me to fulfill my promises for the future. And take action now based on that future. That's what Noah did, isn't it? He took action based on what God promised was going to happen in the future, even though he hadn't seen it yet. How might we do that? Well, keep supporting people like Henniker and Leon and other mission links that we have, who, whose purpose is to go out and tell people about Jesus. Now, the world around you might think, you're mad. Why, why would you spend money on those people? I mean, you can do it if you want, but if it were me, I'd, I'd use that money for a better holiday or a better car or, or, or home improvements or that kind of thing. You go, well, actually, I'm going to do this because... I believe judgment is coming. Jesus is going to come back and people need to hear the gospel. Or they might say, what do you do at the weekend? And you say, well, I go to church. And they might think, well, why would you do that? Why would you go there? You say, well, one day judgment is coming and Jesus is the only way to be safe. You believe that, do you? Yes. And actually you need it too. Well, they might go away thinking, well, we need to keep an eye on you as well. But don't give up. Trust God for the not yet and the not seen. Take Noah as an example and copy him. Well, that's our first point. Faith is about the, the not yet and the not seen. But now our second point. Why you need faith. So why do you need faith? Faith, uh, we see, is essential for acceptance by God. 
Now, just go back to the beginning, would you? To verse one and two. Again, we said that's where the kind of headings are. That's where the teaching points are. Then you get the examples. So we go back to verse two for this. He says, this is what the ancients were commended for. In other words, the, the, the Old Testament saints, this is what they were commended for. And then you go for the examples. And for these examples, we're going to go for two of them. So you've got Abel in verse 4 and then Enoch in verse 5. So first one, Abel. Now, Cain and Abel were brothers. They were sons of Adam and Eve, the first people created by God. And there's not very much about them, but you, you read about them in Genesis chapter 4. They were both farmers. Cain uh, was, uh, grew crops. Abel raised flocks. He, he, he raised sheep and goats, presumably, that kind of thing. And both bring an offering to God. Cain brings the, the first fruits of, uh, of his crops. Abel brings the fat portions of his meat. So you've got Abel coming along with his lamb chops, and you've got Cain coming along presumably with, I don't know, aubergines or courgettes or whatever it may be. And they both bring them along. But it says that God looked in favour on Abel's offering, but not on Cain's. And as you read Genesis chapter 4, you can think to yourself, why? What's the difference? Uh, I mean, clearly one is vegetables and one is meat. So maybe... God prefers meat. And you go, ah, that sounds good to me. That maybe God prefers steak rather than aubergine. You go, well, maybe that's it. But that's not it. You turn to Hebrews chapter 4. What does it say? It says, uh, By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. In other words, that is saying the thing, the big factor, the key thing, is Abel's faith. But notice they both sacrificed to God. This is telling us, it doesn't matter how religious you are, how sacrificial maybe you are, if you've not got faith, you're not accepted by God. Faith right from the start of the Bible, is the key thing to be right with God. You see it in Abel, and you see it right through the Old Testament. And so the writer of the Hebrews is saying it's still the case now. Abel was righteous because of his faith. And we see something similar with Enoch. Ah, Enoch. Enoch, that family favourite. Uh, I'm sure many a child has said to their parents, ah, oh, before bed, read me the story of Enoch again. Well, no, of course they haven't. He's, he's hardly mentioned in the Old Testament. It's fascinating that the writer picks up on Enoch. Uh, you've got to look in Genesis chapter 5, and it's verses 21 to 24. Uh, and that's the story of Enoch. And what does he say? Well, he tells us that he was 65 years old, uh, when he became the father of Methuselah. And then it says he walked with God for 300 years. And it's interesting, it, it, it just says uh, that he, he walked with God after he became a father. Maybe that's because um, it was the birth of his son that sparked in him uh, faith, that, that made him think there must be more to this. And actually that, that is what happens to people sometimes. That it's when they have children that they start to think, 
there must be more to life. There must be something out there. And maybe that's true of some who, who watch this, that the birth of their children was really significant in getting them inquiring, getting them thinking about Jesus. Well, it says he walked with God for 300 years. And again, that helps us if you're someone who's feeling you've uh, you've been a Christian for many, many years. This gives you some perspective, doesn't it? You've got a bit of catching up to do to get as far as, as Enoch did. 300 years of walking with the Lord. And then it says God took him away. Uh, and uh, that's how he finished his life on this earth. And that's what Hebrews picks up, isn't it? It says, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because he had been he because God had taken him away. That's how he ended his life. He, he didn't die. God just took him away so that he didn't have to experience death, which sounds like a great way to go, uh, I think. But what the writer is picking up on is the fact that Enoch uh, pleased God. And it says uh, again in verse 5, For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. How do you get that from the text? Well, I, I take it that's because it says that he walked with God. And that must mean that God was pleased with him. And the argument in Hebrews seems to be this. Well, verse 6, And without faith it's impossible to please God. So from Enoch, uh, this guy who, who walked with God, it must be that he had faith. Because he obviously pleased God, and you can't please God without faith. That's the argument in Hebrews. In other words, it's sort of saying, look, everyone in the Old Testament who was accepted by God must have had faith. Because that's the only way you can be accepted by God. It was true for Abel. It's true for Enoch. It's true for, well, all of those faithful saints of old. And so for us too. The only way for us to be accepted by God is through faith. Faith in Jesus. That's why it's so essential. And it must be faith in Jesus. If you just cast your eyes ahead to at the beginning of chapter 12, we'll get to this bit uh, at the end of the series. You see, chapter 12, verse 2 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Oh, these others are are examples for us of keeping going in faith. But the one that we're to fix our eyes on is Jesus. He's the object of our faith. We're to trust him and keep trusting him. So don't give up on faith. It's the only way you can be right with God. Trust in the unseen Jesus. The Jesus you can't see. Oh, others saw him in history. Saw him live, die, rise to life again. But you haven't yet. Trust the unseen Jesus and trust him for the future that he promises that you don't yet have. Be like Abel and Enoch and Noah and persevere. Keep going. And next week we'll come back to, uh, to Hebrews chapter 11 for another drink, another feeding so that we can keep going in the marathon of faith in God. Let me lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you for, uh, uh, for these heroes of the faith. Thank you that they trusted in what was not yet seen and in, in what they had not yet received. And Father, thank you that it was their faith 
that means that they were accepted by you. And Father, we pray you would help us to persevere in faith, keep trusting in Jesus, keep trusting in the unseen and the things we don't yet have that you promise in your word. Help us to keep holding on to Jesus uh, in his death for us, his lordship. Help us to keep trusting him. Help us not to give up. Amen.